as parents, we make decisions, thousands of decisions on a daily basis. Billions of decisions, I would argue. <laughs> or as, as our second daughter would say, Google decisions. <laughs> That's a number. Look it up. Uh, yeah, the, the decisions we make, a lot, a lot of times they are without even thinking we're making decisions. And in some cases we make we think about it and we make uh, maybe a knee-jerk reaction. And what we need to realize, though, is that every decision we make as parents in the capacity we make them as parents is a decision for or against discipleship. That revolutionized my thinking when I finally realized when it comes to parenting our children, every decision is discipleship in some way. So that's why we have our third tenet, which all of parenting is discipleship. And if we understand that, we embrace that, and we see the biblical truth in that, it will forever transform the decisions we make as parents for our children. So we're going to explore that today. We'll see you on the other side. This is Fierce Parenting, where we believe that kids are a blessing, family is God's idea, and everything about parenting is discipleship. So leave the blame, shame, could-ofs, and should-ofs at the door and join us for gospel-centered conversations. Welcome to Fierce Parenting. excited to explore this tenant more because when you told me the three I was like yeah those three are good but this one's the best this one's <laughs> why favorite is why is that because I feel like it encapsulates parenting to to the T like there's no I, you, mm. you kind of read all these books about how to be a good parent what does it mean to be a good parent how can I be a good mom in all these different areas of you know sleeping eating training whatever and it's just like it's all summed up hmm. in the Bible once again that basically parenting is discipleship. All parenting is discipleship. Yeah. We are either training them in the things of God mm. or we're not. Yeah. And I know there's, you know, people are like, well, there's caveats and things to talk about, of course, which we will discuss here. But yeah. our core verse for this tenet is Proverbs 22, 6, which is train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. Hmm. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Uh, here, here's one piece to consider in this. Is is that a promise? Okay. If I do the X, Y, and Z, should I expect that my child will turn out exactly the way that I expect him or her to turn out? Um, that's actually not the, the meaning, the purpose of this proverb. Proverbs are axiomatic wisdom, uh, meaning that in general, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he won't depart from it. It's not a guarantee. So we need to we need to take genre into account as we read this. So here we are, thinking through what does it mean now to train up a child in the way that he should go? Okay, and so that begs a deeper question as parents. Okay, we, we mentioned in the intro that as parents, we're making thousands of decisions every day, <laughs> billions for Selena. Um, but the big question here is what governs our decisions? What is governing the decisions we make? And and when we finally, when we unearth that, uh, then we can start to actually begin to make these decisions more obedient to Christ. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. Well, and I think it also creates freedom in the decisions we make because I tend mm. to get bogged down by trying to analyze every single decision that is the billion decisions of my day. Mm. But when it's all encapsulated under this beautiful umbrella of all parenting is discipleship, then what's the next tier down? Right? It, it begins to... Hmm. clarify and yes. articulate why I'm making those decisions. I'm not trying to figure out why I'm making those decisions in the moment. It's already been made. 
We've yeah. already decided this. This really helps us avoid one I, one of I think the most insidious parent traps. Not to not to <laughs> mention the movie, but that is comparison. Mm. Okay, so if we are constantly making our decisions um, for our children because of whatever is flowing through our ears from our from our peers and our friends, or what's whatever is coming scrolling through mm. our feeds, if we're making our decisions based on that. Um, <laughs> We will, we will be beholden to this. Well, but if we make our decisions based on the word of God, and if we recognize it as a discipleship, we are liberated from that comparison trap because now our comparison is 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 God's word. Our comparison is, am I, am I being obedient to God's word? Am I being discerning when it comes to the things of God's word? And I have to give an account to God for these little souls that he's entrusted into my care. So yes, I care about the opinions of my peers. I care about conventional wisdom. But more than anything, I, I care about God's eternal wisdom and how I'm going to make decisions based on that. Does that make sense? Right. And it's it's silly for us to think as parents that we can um, we can listen to podcasts that are, you know, promoting things other than God, or we can sit on our mm-hmm. phones for hours at a time and figure out like how we're going to live our lives based on this social media feed and then think, okay, well, now we're going to have family devotions and it's this is training my children. Like... Kids are watching us more than they are hearing us. Mm. We are modeling for them. So when we are modeling our own fears, when we are modeling our own struggles with comparison and not, and not saying that we're eliminating that, but we're saying, ah, when I go to my daughter and say, mommy's, you know, I'm struggling with feeling like we're not good enough. You know, when you, or when you're, you know, your kids, they struggle with that kind of stuff. Like, well, you know, Jimmy said my toy wasn't, wasn't great like his, yeah. We can have a whole comparison talk with them because we are modeling those things. We are modeling those struggles, not mm, through being, you know, on social media and all of that. What I'm saying is that we can't, we, I'm saying two different things, I guess, right now. We're modeling by our behavior and we need to be aware of that. Yeah. We are also modeling to them when we are, when we talk to them and show them our own struggles, but how we are grasping the gospel in that and how God and his grace can teach us and model us through that. So I don't want to say we have to eliminate the mo- the yeah. struggles, but how do we deal with the struggles? So if I could uh, venture to summarize what you just said. <laughs> well, Please. And what you, okay, so the essence of it is this, in parenting, um, what our children learn is more caught than taught. Yeah. They catch it and they, they see what we model. Okay, that's kind of an axiom that we hear in parenting all the time. But you're saying that um, we model it for them, but we also will instruct them in these things as we have worked through them ourselves right and give them ourselves as maybe an example right of our struggles yes well, that's really cool um so we're gonna today this topic is again all parenting is discipleship so we want to get into the nitty-gritty of what that means um and, and so again we ask the question of what decisions are we making and have made for our children that are not rooted in the in the context of discipleship but rather in fear so that comes from the comparison piece mm-hmm. um, fear of missing out or fear of not being a part of um, you know, maybe if they're ambitious in baseball, that there's a fear that if we don't raise them up in baseball, they're not going to love us. They're going to resent us. Not only that, but they're not going to be uh, successful. successful in life. They're not going to get the scholarship or they're not going to go play for so, such and such a team. Um, and those decisions are fine if they're rooted in discipleship, if they're rooted in faith and not just the, the pragmatism or the functionality or the pride of the decision. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that takes, we have to be very rooted in our confidence in God, our confidence in scripture in order to do that. So let's start with scripture. Let's go to Psalm uh, 78 verses five through eight. Selena, do you have that, that one ready? Uh, yeah. It says he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he command 
commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Hmm. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children. That is so loaded. He established a testimony in Jacob. What that is, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Abrahamic covenant passing through mm-hmm. the generations into Jacob. Who remember, if you remember, Jacob um, was so worried that he was going to lose right. his children. To the point, and, and God, all the while, we were just reading this with the girls this morning, all the while God had been orchestrating Joseph to rise to power in mm-hmm. Egypt so that the people of God would have a place to to multiply and to flourish for, for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And so that testimony in Jacob appointed law in Israel, which was again after the Exodus, um, when Moses came and, and, and led the Israelites out of Egypt, and they, in Exodus 20, I believe, that he handed down the Ten Commandments, the law which you command our fathers to teach their children. Um, that's a phenomenal thing. So that, that, is, that is the core, that is the essence of discipleship, right? And so when we read verses like Proverbs 22, 6, which is train up a child in the way he should go, and even then he's old, he will not depart from it. That is what the way is. The right. way is the law of God. Or in Proverbs 4, 1, it says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. So there's two aspects to that instruction. There's the anecdotal kind of axiomatic, again, using that term, that common sense instruction, like, listen to me, I have more experience than you. Mm -hmm. But even more than that, it's a father's instruction is in the things of God. This is where we've come from, son, daughter. This is who we are. We are the people of God. And here is, here's the testimony. Here's the testimony of Jacob, in Jacob. Here's the appointed law in Israel. Here's how we walk out this right. in our actual day-to-day lives. Right. And here's why, and this is where the rubber meets the road, here's why we're not going to let you go to such and such house tonight. Right. Better house. We're not going to let you do this extracurricular activity. Here's why we're going to prioritize family worship. Mm-hmm. Here's why we're not going to watch that. That show. So, or that here's show, why yeah. you're, you're not going to have a smartphone. Or here's why, you know, there's there's just a deeper context. Mm. Um, and there's a law. I, I think the idea of law, of boundaries, of yeah. uh, governance is nails on the chalkboard to our society today. It's, it's all about self and individualized desires, mm. no matter how they hurt or affect anyone around them. And to say that God's law... The way of God, that mm. what he says is the authority, is the way that we govern and manage and disciple and train up our children, um, is a big loaded statement, like you said. And we are not afraid of that. We are embracing that. And what that means on a day-to-day thing, it's, it's not, you know, we're not being confronted, I think, in really loud and like threatening ways right now it's just we are walking out these decisions that might look different than some of our friends even you Mm. know yeah um what we did a you did a study right about what kids spend we're trying to get an idea right of like yeah how are kids spending their time how how yeah how are young people spending their time these days or how do we as parents allow them literally i searched how do how do the young young folks spend their time nowadays (laughs) (laughs) no um yeah, the, the, these are discipleship decisions, discipleship opportunities. And so what happens is, um, as parents, okay, we have very persistent children. They want what they want, and they don't know what's best for them, okay? No matter, like, 
whether it has to do with food, it has to do with some some other social issue that is cropping up on the internet or whatever they're they're taking in their young minds and hearts. They don't know what's best for them. That's why God has appointed us to be their parents and to teach them in the things of God. And so a lot of times, though, we will be more pragmatic than principled. We'll think more in terms of pragmatism. What just gets this off my plate? What gets them to basically shut up and be happy? What gets them to basically stop bothering me about this? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to living in faith on God's principles. Another way to put it is sometimes we will be functional over faithful. Mm. Right, and so we're trying to make a shift in our own hearts, but also in the hearts of our listeners, um, by the grace of God, um, from functional parenting mm. to foundational, faith-filled parenting. Right, that's what we're trying to do. So every one of these um, activities, okay, we we I didn't do the study, but I looked up the the data on this. Um, every one of these activities that kids spend their time doing um, is a discipleship opportunity. Okay, we need to see each one of these segments of their day as a discipleship opportunity. Okay, so we, another disclaimer, as parents, we have a very limited scope of experience. We, we've only had three daughters and they're only ages two, basically to seven, right? And so that's our experience. And we've, we've done a, a certain path in terms of how we've decided to school them, how we've decided to um, have them involved in the church body, how we have in- involve them in our work. So there's a lot of different contexts around this. So you have to think in, about these with, you know, with wisdom and discernment. We're not trying to be prescriptive here, but instead let's just have a conversation as much as we can on this podcast. Okay. Yeah. So what are, what are kids spending their time doing? Uh, first thing for most kids and depending on their age is they're spending the majority of their day in school. Their waking hours, I should say. They're spending the majority of their waking hours in school, mm. depending on the year that's between six and nine hours per day. Okay, um, we're going to go through these, and then we'll just discuss how each one's a discipleship opportunity. Okay, um, the next one, sleep. <laughs> Most kids spend the majority of their day in sleep. Not, I, I said majority of the waking hours with school. Now, most of their days usually sleep between 8 and 12 hours a day. Mm. Again, depending on the age. This is going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> about that. But. And, so, and then that leaves around, I think, between like 6 and 12 hours a day for extra uh, things, things that like disposable time. Six and 12 out of 24. These are approximates. Yeah, okay. They're approximate. Yeah. So <laughs> like, um, how many hours are in the day? Between six, we'll say between six and nine hours a day yeah. can be spent on extracurricular activities. So things like sports or hobbies and things like that. Travel, namely like to and from like a commute. So to and from school type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, hobbies. Which you said under extracurricular. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, meals is another one. Uh, being online if you're just getting really granular. So social media apps typically for, for the youths right now, it's TikTok <laughs> and Instagram and who knows what else. Um, they're with their friends, just hanging out, doing friend stuff, um, playing. Um, usually when they're, they're doing some of these activities are with their friends anyway. Um, reading, that's so far down on the list, it's depressing. <laughs> um, and watching shows or movies or not otherwise consuming content. Okay, so let's look through each one of these really fast. Um, how does each activity aid in the discipleship or detract from the discipleship of my child? Mm. And that's, these are the questions that we want to become keen in asking and understanding Mm. and answering as parents. And we're hoping that, that it'll help you listener as well. So school. Okay. That's a big one. Selena, do you want to take that, bite that one off? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Just get, 
thump, thump, rolled under the bus. No, Just no, kidding. No, no. no uh, we decided to homeschool. I will say that Ryan really kind of took the lead on that. At first, I thought it was a financial decision because I was like, we're not going to do public school in the Northwest. It's not going to happen. Um, and then you were like, well, uh, private school is about a mortgage and a half. <laughs> Can't um, afford that. Yeah. Um, so our options are pretty limited. Um that was part of the conversation. I think it was more of the conversation in my head than it was in his. His head was, if I can be so bold to say, is that we need to disciple our kids at home and we can teach them so much more at home and we can build this relationship and this time with them. I think when we had kids and the school time came, it comes fast and you're all of a sudden faced with, oh yeah, they go to school. I deal with, they're at school now. Like this is just something you adapt to and grow into. Well, we decided not to we decided that Mm. we were gonna do this at home because what an opportunity to be with our kids more and to be able to disciple them through not just like formal reading writing and math but to expose them to um literature and the bible and science and how it's all integrated uh because god is our god and he is amazing so so it's a discipleship opportunity is what you're saying. Yeah. And that's where, okay, so we, we try not to be prescriptive in this. We have chosen, here, and to add to what you said, part of our thinking was, how can we give up the best hours of these young years mm. of every day to somebody we barely know, teaching them who knows what in a context where they're not going to get as much attention they're not going to get one-on-one time. They're not going to get, you know, and, and who knows what other well, interactions the distractions, they're going to have. Yeah. And that's not, that's not a cop-out. It's not a retreating from culture. Instead, it's a, these are young souls. They're, they're, they're not ready yeah. in many ways to be thrust into the world. Now, granted, I get it. You're not just doing that by sending them to school. But that was some of our thinking, okay? Mm-hmm. And there are people who I respect who would take a much stronger stance on this. Mm-hmm. Our question here is instead to be open-handed and say, have you considered the schooling of your children as a discipleship opportunity? Mm-hmm. Whether that's public school, private school, homeschool, or something else, that's some hybrid of those, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so that's how they're spending the most of their of their time. Now, Selena, when we're homeschooling, you're not just like reading them the Bible, doing catechisms, <laughs> and like and like singing hymns all day long. Like you're playing. Oh, I was like, we do those things, but, but it's not yes, all no, day not long. All long. It's just like some morning time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it's integrated. So, and, and you're looking at leaves instead of just looking at the biology of a leaf. Now you're actually explaining like, here's the biology. Yes, but look how God is in this. Look yeah. how God's f- uh, fingerprint is in this. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a discipleship conversation now. Um, so that's just, we're going to leave that conversation there. We'll have a lot more conversations around education. But for now, it's a discipleship opportunity that we're hoping parents would would hold very carefully. Yeah. The second one is sleep. Now, I want to hear your... No, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, because you said, you said even sleep is something that... It's a discipleship. Is a discipleship. Yeah. Which to me, when you said that, I was thinking about how social media and everything is already vying for that right didn't you say like mm, yeah uh yeah. netflix or amazon their their whole goal their whole battle is against sleep basically yeah they're basically yeah and that's a that's a bit on this conversation because it depends on the age of your your kids in right. terms of how you right. regulate their sleep yeah. um yeah because netflix right now they're not they're not in, they're not competing against amazon prime video or right. hulu or whatever the thing is netflix has said this they said we're competing against your sleep we're trying to take an hour of your day when you should be sleeping and, and get your you get your attention. Bold. That's what they're doing. They're competing against yeah. sleep. And we wonder why we have such a bedraggled <laughs> generation. <laughs> That's a word. Um, 
we, or we're bedraggled because we're yeah. giving, you know, we should be going to bed at 1030. Instead, we're going to bed by 1130 midnight because we were watching whatever. We're guilty of this and we're working on it daily because <laughs> um, it's addictive. But where I was going in terms of sleep is how we, um, uh, how do I do this gently without being, um, so sleep culture is very radicalized. <laughs> I'll put it this when way. It comes with kids, to... with babies and young kids. Yeah. Okay, and you have militarized, radicalized moms, okay, who will eat each other alive when it comes to things like well, this. Well, not only just eat each other, but throw out, throw them out to be viewed by all. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so on either side of the spectrum, you have the uh, co-sleeping movement, um, which is just whatever works for, for you and your baby, embrace it. Um, you have the uh, sleep training aspect, which is like you need sleep, so you need to train your child to sleep well. Um and so these are, hear me out now, they're discipleship conversations to have, okay? And this is our example, okay? Holding is very open-handed. I'm going to say that caveat a lot because well, I don't want not, people to feel shame. We're not prescribing anything to yes. because there is a lot, there are, yes, there are studies that co-sleeping, which is what we have done, um, can be dangerous if it's not safe, if it's not a good environment and you're not aware of yes. the dangers. So yes. we're not... Doctors, we're not prescribing this. We are sharing with you what we have chosen to do and why. So our, I remember fighting over this because, um, Selena, you felt you felt that you should be sleep training, but we couldn't because of the way Della was. <laughs> She's three months old, not even. Well, and she would cry and she would cry and cry and cry, and it like sometimes they would the cried out method is like let them cry and then they'll just fall asleep. Well, that didn't happen and that never worked for for us. And so you started to think that something was wrong with you as a mother. Mm-hmm. And I started to think, well, maybe that's just not going to work. And not that I'm the, I was trying to be the devil's advocate no, here. No, you were just saying you're not going to spoil your child if you hold them when they go to sleep or if yes. you sleep with them. You're not going to spoil a two-month-old or a three-month-old, right. which come to find out if you are doing sleep training, you shouldn't even start till six months. <laughs> okay. Again, we don't want to go down. We don't want to get on <laughs> Sorry, any sort I'm of learning, hobby horse. I'm learning things. That's why. Um, and I remember having a conversation with you. I was like, listen, we didn't even have walls and houses until the last like 100 years of civilization. Okay. So the fact that she's in that room and we're in this room, like that's a moot point. Like what is going to help us sleep better as a family? Mm. Let's just get our baby in our bed. She sleeps great. I don't mind it. I, I wake up once in a while, but whatever. It's okay. Yeah. So anyway, the reason we made that decision was so that we could get more sleep. Now at the at that age, how we're not discipling her in that, but it does allow us to sleep better and allows us to then disciple from a more energized place and more. Um, well, more than that, honestly, it was just the whole decision making process for us because wow, I was under guilt. I was under shame. I was under fear and I wasn't, I was looking to the wrong answers for the, the question that I was asking. Yeah. Um, I wasn't asking about how is this going to, I guess I know we are asking, you know, when with sleeping, how is this going to help my child? But I, uh, part of training is, can be challenging, but with my experience and not just in sleeping, but with any sort of development or leap or change, there's always a little bit of resistance, but not a long amount of resistance. And so that was kind of my signal. This is not working. Hmm. Like there, if there's a little resistance and then they start going into it because they're like, ah, oh, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Then I would be like, okay, this is good. But it never worked that way. It yeah. never worked. And for, for bad or for worse, for good or for bad, whatever. The point is, is that I was faced with feelings of shame and fear and guilt 
in the way that I was trying mm, to make a decision yeah. instead of looking to God's word and saying, okay, how can this weigh in on these decisions? So we've majored, um, we've talked a lot about the young, young years, yeah. you know, ages one and one to two, basically. But even with our older daughter, um, getting her to bed on time, it, it ensures that she's going to have a better day the next day. Right. Yeah. And so in that sense, it's a discipleship opportunity. Yeah. And are we willing to pay that price to have a better morning worship time or whatever that is so that she's more uh, alert. Now she's so sweet. Like she would never like come down grumpy, but she's, she's less aware if she's tired. Right. <laughs> and so anyway, you can kind of see how, how, if we think through the discipleship lens, even in terms of sleep, it becomes yeah. a big important priority. Now, as we don't have teenagers, but I would imagine it still matters then that you are parenting them. They're still forming. Like, you yeah. don't get your phone in your room after a certain you know, after a certain time, I would even say, don't even get your phone in your room by yourself ever, because I don't know who's talking to you or who's right. sending you what. Absolutely. Um, but that's why you don't have a computer in your room. That's why you don't have a TV in your room because I don't, because your sleep matters. Right. Sleep is like the number three physiological need, food, water, shelter, oh, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> or sleep, just, shelter. I mean, safety as well safety. now these days with the, the internet crazies. Yeah. So, okay. We've talked about school and sleep. Let's go into the, the, I'll say like the tertiary mm-hmm. things. Okay. So extracurricular activities, um, should Johnny be a part of this baseball team? Well, that's a discipleship question. Mm. What's it do to his time? What's it do to his energy? How's it affect his academic study, his study of God's word, his, his, his community mm. with God's people, our family, vision. his community with our, yes. And that, that, those same questions go with all of this, uh, travel meals, you know, being online. That's another conversation. We'll talk yeah. about that at length with our good friends, Nathan and Anna of gospel tech. Um, what they're reading, what they're watching. Mm-hmm. Those are all discipleship questions. Mm-hmm. So, and here's some of the questions that help us parse through uh, each one of those individual areas is asking this um, again, how does this activity aid in the discipleship of our child? Mm-hmm. Does this commitment reinforce the overall mission of our home? Now that begs another question is, do you have a clear mission as a family? Mm-hmm. Do your children know it? Have they internalized it? Have you brought them in to, 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 to add to your mission with their unique gifts and their unique calling? Does that commitment reinforce the overall mission of your home? Mm. Okay, the next question is, how does this activity reflect the prior, our prioritization of family? Mm. So as Christians, and we've laid this out in the past episodes, mm-hmm. family is not our idea. It's God's idea. It's important. It's important for our flourishing, not mm. just us, but for generations to come. Is this decision detracting from that truth, right? from that value. Uh, and then how can I, as their parent, use this actual decision-making process as an opportunity to disciple my child? So, Dad, why can't I have an iPhone? Well, first off, you're 12 years old, and that's inappropriate. <laughs> I'm, I'm being dogmatic right now, but that's what I would say. Um, or, why can't I just go to so-and-so's house? I don't get it, okay? Don't just say no. What I said is, it, like, that's it. Like, don't don't this rule is with a iron discipleship fist. opportunity. Instead, explain to them, here's what our concerns are. Yeah. Here's why we're hesitant on this or why we've said no for now, whatever that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Be be willing to have those hard conversations with them. Right. Yeah. Right. That's so good. And I think, you know, our hope and prayer is that these tenants will just help us keep in mind how important, you know, the decisions that we make it's not, we don't need to just live in a, a striving and barely making it by, you know, every day. Ugh, mm. We just barely survived, right? We can live from a place of abundance. Like God has called us into this 
by recognizing that our roles as parents is our discipleship. We are making disciples that make disciples. Good Jesus, his last final words to us were to go and make disciples, to teach people the gospel, to share the gospel. Yeah. How are we doing this with our kids? How are we hmm. showing them Christ in the decisions that we make, in the struggles that they face, in the you know, choice to watch this show, be a part of this team. How are we reflecting mm. our family values and those decisions that we make? One of my biggest fears um, for ourselves and for other parents is that we would relegate discipleship activities to Sunday morning at church, prayer around the mealtime, if that happens, and maybe once in a while opening scripture in the mm. home. That that would be our version of discipleship. And I'm just here to say, like, as a messenger, that's not discipleship. That's something else. It's it's cultural Christianity. It's nominal Christianity. Uh, we need to be actively, okay, this is not to condemn. This is not to shame, but this is to enliven, hopefully, and say, you know what? Today's a new day. Like mm-hmm. you said, like we can be, we can live abundantly in these things if we are willing to resign ourselves over to God's design for family mm-hmm. and for uh, parents discipling their kids. And so that's my fear. But my hope is that as you continue throughout each day, that these tenets would, uh, by, by, I guess, internalizing these tenets, it would become apparent to you just how foundational every small moment, every small decision mm. that you share with your child can be so key to their discipleship, to their growth, to their flourishing in ways that you may not ever totally, mm-hmm. totally realize, but yeah. you can do so faithfully. So. Yeah, um, that's it for our third tenant right. intro episode to the Woo! Fierce Parenting Podcast. We are <laughs> thrilled to be doing this. Uh, thank you for joining us. I want to make a quick uh, note because this is a unique aspect of our overall family ministry. So we're doing a separate Patreon for Fierce Parenting. If this is a passion of yours, uh, seeing these three tenets and tenets and, and ideas like them that are all biblical and Christ-centered and gospel-centered mm-hmm. uh, move forward into uh, society, you can become a partner with us. Go to patreon.com slash fierce parenting. And uh, we will, I, it's, that's going to be a very young community. So I'm not sure how it's going to <laughs> materialize quite yet, but there will probably be different levels you can join in at. Uh, the point is, it's not about the levels. It's about just being complicit in this mission that is creating discipleship opportunities uh, in the home, namely between parents and their children. So mm-hmm. with that said, uh, Selena, do you mind praying this out for this episode? Yes. God, thank you for all the parents listening. Um, and even future parents, we are so grateful and humbled to be able to live in this role as parent to these children um, that are yours, ultimately, Father. We entrust them to you. Lord, I pray for clarity. I pray for um, wisdom to see our children for the people that they are, that you've created them to be. I pray that you would help us see the opportunities despite the tired feelings uh, the wariness that we, our spirit might feel, feel at times that we would still see clearly the opportunities for discipleship. Holy Spirit, lead us, counsel us, give us the words to speak in the hard times and the hard decisions that we want to, we have to make, uh, in order to be obedient to you. And God, may we rejoice in the good decisions that we get to make, uh, to be a light in a dark place. We love you. Help us to honor you. Holy Spirit, walk with us daily. In your name, amen. Amen. This episode of the Fierce Parenting Podcast is... In the can. I'll see you again in about, I don't know, five or seven days, something like that. Until next time. <laughs> Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Parenting Podcast. For more resources, visit fierceparenting.com. And for daily encouragement, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
If you'd like to support this ministry, please leave a rating or a review in your podcast app or visit patreon.com slash fierce parenting to become a monthly partner. We hope this episode has blessed you immensely. Take care.